Naturalized. This is the beautiful game described by two ugly gentlemen. Glory to Columbus. Who are probably sitting at a soccer bar near you. McBride's in the box. A hard cross. McBride scores. It's 3-0 United States. Welcome to Bone and Bean United. Happy Soccer Podcast Day. Happy Soccer New Year. Happy Podcast. I don't know whatever it is. Welcome in. We're back. I am Bone. I am Beam. Happy New Year. How are you doing, Beam? I'm great. You I'm sound great, great, man. How are you? We both, I think we sound a lot better than maybe the last month or so that we yeah. did these podcasts because either you were sick or I were sick or we were both exhausted. I think batteries have been recharged. Oh, for sure. They've been recharged. Rejuvenated yeah. for 2023. Yeah. Feeling pretty good. I'm turning feeling, into the new year. I'm feeling great, man. I'm really excited about 2023. I don't know if I should be. I don't know if there's some... Something waiting around the corner to get me. Probably. I don't know. know. But in either case, happy you're here. And thanks for listening to us all of last year. And thanks for joining us again in 2023. Uh, Year five for us. How about that? So here's what's crazy. I just passed a few days ago, year 10 of doing Common Man and T-Bone. Like on the show with Mike full time as the host. That happened in 2013, January 2nd, 2013. That was the first day back on the air then. And so it's been 10 years there. We've done almost half of that time doing this podcast. Yeah. So it's been a great fun time doing it with you. And I'm glad we get to do it some more this year. And we've got, I'll tell you this episode 200 will be coming up sooner. What than episode later. are we on? I haven't like, even checked. We're in the episode, I think 170 to you, whoever's listening to this is like, it's up. It says right here. It says I right here. Dumbasses. I, I look right before we post it. I go, what was the last <laughs> one? And I type it into the thing and it puts it up. So I, it's 170 something one yeah like 170 180 somewhere in that range so we're not far off we should uh maybe have a bash big or party a, or a thing something big, big party yeah. i think we should get together and do something maybe we'll do we'll plan that out at or, your house or, casa yeah. de bone right well we've got five levels at the uh, casa de bone so nice. we can just yeah hey we're uh, this is 180 for us oh it right is now. episode okay it's episode 180 we are on 180 you know what that means that's a full turn New year, new you. That's right. Going in the opposite direction. How about us? Look at us go. Look at us. Look at us. Indeed. (laughs) All right. So uh, enough of that. We got lots to get to today. So we didn't really recap the World Cup. We left you with a preview of the final. So I think we can pick up with the World Cup, the reaction to the end of all that, and put a bow on the World Cup for 2022. And we've got Women's World Cup coming up Mm -hmm. this summer. So that'll be a thing if you're excited about it and you're like, man, I'm going to miss the World Cup. Don't worry. Six months from now, you got a whole nother World Cup to watch. So that'll be fun. We'll get into some of that. Uh, We'll get into a soccer legend uh, who passed away Mm -hmm. uh, not too long ago. Share our thoughts on that and how the man who runs the world of soccer is a complete douche nozzle Mm. and uh, Yanni Infantino. Your guy. yeah, Yeah. And if we get to it, we may not. There's some weird stuff with U.S. soccer. It's been weird. It continues to be weird. We'll talk about that later on in the show. Um, But first up, Beamer, let's get into this World Cup. Argentina, Lionel Messi, your champions, campeones del mundo. That's great. I'm, I'm, I'm happy for Argentina fans, for Lionel Messi, for just everyone in, in that country, and for a lot of us inside soccer fans who have watched Argentina for years and said, so close, but they've never got it done. Yeah, I'm, I know you had France as your, the team that you thought was going to come back to back and do it and make it happen, but hell of a game. Deserve, I think a deserved champion there in Argentina. Either one of those teams would have deserved it, but Argentina, I thought, played great the entire tournament other than the very first game, and 
they they deserve to be your champions. Well, they played great throughout the tournament, and then they had a 10-minute spell in basically every single knockout game in which they played horrible, and then they got themselves into, like, sideways situations. So They did. You're right. The wild thing about the World Cup final is we start to kind of break this game down and get into it. Uh, so I was unaware. Uh, I was at a couple of pools, like World Cup pools, um, that we did. And, you know, one one pool was where we were ran. This was neighbor Eric and his buddies. Uh, we were randomly assigned teams at the beginning of the World Cup pool. So for, like, a group winner you would get X amount of dollars. And if your team advanced to the round of 16, they would get X amount on the you know top of the table or whatever. And um, so I didn't realize, because I was all in on France after doing our selections, and I wanted to see Kylian Mbappe have a show, and he put on Wizard-like, uh, well, obviously, show in the World Cup final. Incredible. And I know we'll get into that. So I was I was going through the, the game and was watching that and was kind of cheering on France. Just wanted to see a good game. Didn't want it to go to penalty kicks. I think that was the last thing that I said on our World Cup preview final podcast, and the game ended up going to penalty kicks, of course. Uh, but I wasn't. I didn't realize I was pulling for France, and in my World Cup pool that I was in of assigned teams, I forgot I had Argentina as an assigned team. Mm. And in my World Cup little knockout tournament thing where you pick teams to move forward in the knockouts if France would have won I would have lost but since Argentina won I won both pools that I was in and I was cheering for France how beautiful is that huh it's probably would have gone the other way if I was cheering for Argentina and needed them to win if I knew that they needed them to win France would have won right so like the fact that you gave your karmic energy to the wrong team (laughs) allowed the right thing to happen monetarily I I, I understand that I mean because look at all the energy you've given to themes like the Chicago Bears and Uh, how's that going for you about them uh, Ohio State Buckeyes, you give them your karmic energy. Mm-hmm. The Columbus Blue Jackets, you mm-hmm. give them your energy. The Columbus Crew, even. Yep. You know the team you're giving your energy to that it's starting to work out for? Manchester United. Hey, look at those plucky little underdogs into the new year. What's their record since they got rid of um, uh, Portuguese washed up hack job who's Saudi Arabian million league dollars. player now? Yeah. What, what's his. Uh, Christian, Christian, yeah. Cristiano, Ronaldi, yeah, Ronaldi, yeah. So. Anyway, I think they Tom Ronaldi's brother, yeah, Christian Ronaldi. Anyway, they they've been undefeated since that guy left the team. Is that a real thing? Real stat? It's a real stat. Oh, okay, that's a real thing. I wasn't keeping undefeated. Yeah, I actually think they've won all the games they've played <laughs> since he's been gone. Boy, so interesting. Yeah. Interesting plot line. Since you've been gone, mm-hmm. can't sing more than that. Spotify will tag it. Yep, we'll get fired. Anyways, or whatever. Anyway, yeah, I'm just saying, don't give any. Of your energy to a team you actually want to win, because no. then they don't win. Let's so, go. Twenty twenty three. Rooting for France to get Argentina your stuff, which helped you win. Huge Liverpool and City fans. Twenty twenty three. Giving all of my karmic energy to you guys. I don't know if Erling Holland needs that uh, karmic energy because he no. just doesn't even matter. But uh, anyways, getting into the actual game. You're right. Argentina was great. <laughs> just great throughout this entire tournament. But again, they had those 10, 15 minute stretches. Uh, in games where you look at them like, boy, uh, hello, like, are you aware that you still have to kill off the game for another 10 minutes? I know. So man. Argentina, here was the crazy thing about the final. You knew it was going to be a good game because the talent was going to be on full display, right? And so we had talked about this going into the game. If France hadn't played at their highest level, and I think it was very apparent for the first 60 minutes of that game that France were not playing at their highest level. No. Far, far from it. Bone, it was the biggest ass-kicking of a 45 minutes, even though it was 2 nothing at halftime. Yeah, Argentina dominated. It was not even a game. Like, it was just going to be roll the French over. You had, to sub, you had to sub off 30 minutes into the game and not for injury? Your just leading scorer Giroud of all time? was so awful, you had to say, 
see you, dude. We can't have you out there. This is pathetic. And I know part of that was tactical as well. Sure. But, but he just wasn't getting it done. They weren't getting it done on any level. They had to fix some things. And and I mean, credit to DDA Deschamps. He he seems to know that team better than most managers mm-hmm. know their teams yeah. and their rosters. Maybe not at the start of the game, but throughout the game, he finds the ways. He he is not afraid. And again, I know it's a World Cup final. You're going to pull some levers. You may not pull in just like a regular old yeah, group stage right. game. But you're pulling a guy off at 30 minutes who's got a legendary resume because you're saying that doesn't matter who you are. This is not working. And and yes, they have Killian Mbappe. He had was it's Killian Mbappe penalty. Is that what we call him now? I forget. Shut up. I was so mad. I've been waiting for I was months so to say that to your mad. face. I was so mad at you. <laughs> I was so mad at Bone. So me and Evil Bald Colin and Bone had a oh, little God. group thread going during the World Cup. And we were all texting it. And I was distraught. Like, I was distraught after the first 55 yes. minutes. I was just like, you this is just not going to happen. It's not going to happen today. Congrats to Argentina. All good. And then Mbappe gets the penalty. Great. Right. Okay, 2-1. Right. Game on. Like, they can turn it on. They're the best, probably most talented on their day, best team in the world, hands down. 90 seconds later, Kylian Mbappe scores in that scores moment. Scores the type of goal that he and almost only he alone is capable of scoring Correct. at this point in world soccer. He is just beyond almost anyone else you can think tracks or, the ball through yeah. the air, corrals it and then hits it at approximately 350 miles per hour. Speed of light. Speed of light it was traveling. It, it was, was amazing. I mean, I screamed. Yes. I I scream. I, was, Every, I think everyone who's ever watched soccer, if they were watching it live and like not looking at their phone halfway and paying it like if yeah. you're locked in on that moment, that's the spiritual connection sports sometimes offers is a guy a million miles away from you in a country you're never going to go to and you will never meet this human. That dude can do a thing to a soccer ball that makes your stomach go, excuse me, I have to gurgle something through the lungs and up the larynx. It was and guttural, out the voice man. It was like just, a, bah, like you're just, bah. what like, just happened? And, and 8 million people did that at the same time. Like, I'm just saying like, that's, that's 80 million people. Well, right, whatever. I mean, I'm not like everyone was yeah. just out of their minds watching that. Yeah. It, <laughs> incredible. So that, so that happens. Argentina's up 2 0. Then it's 2 2 after what, uh, two minutes. They yeah. get the penalty, and then Mbappe scores to make it 2 2. Just to make that point, like D Day Deschamps did pull some things and, and make some moves that yeah. did help. But you have Kylian Mbappe. That's your ultimate keep the guy on the field, and yep. he probably can help you at any moment. So that's what I was trying to say with all that. Once we got to 2 2. It was 60 minutes. I don't know when the goal was scored. It's been now almost a month since we saw the World Cup final. Right. It was the, and this isn't hyperbole. Like, I know we get caught in the moment of recent sporting events and like, this is the best. That's the best. That was the best game I've ever seen. That was the best sports event I have ever witnessed with my own two eyeballs. From the minute that Kylian Mbappe scored the penalty to then the second goal, which was not even all world, all planet, all galaxy, from there till the end of the game, it may as well well been do a bunch of cocaine, ride a motorcycle outside of a helicopter with no parachute. I mean, (laughs) Bone, it was just... It was nuts. It was nuts. Like there were no words for me to describe how many times I yelled in my own house by myself watching this game of what unfolded in front of our eyeballs. Just to be clear for the uh, people listening to us who are like, should should I do cocaine, ride a motorcycle and parachute? Or should I watch a soccer game? Watch, just watch a soccer yeah. game. You don't have to do the equivalency. Beam was just making a good point, but let's just leave it at that. And you don't <laughs> actually have to go like, well, he said I could do soccer or all these other things. 
let's try all those other things. No, just watch the soccer. <laughs> your point is well taken. But yeah, we have a we have a group text going. It's three of us, so I don't even know if that's considered a group, a thruple, whatever we are. Yeah, anyway, thruple. you, me, and Evil Bald Colin are all texting. And like, if you're not that well versed in soccer, you don't know that like there's the whole. <laughs> excuse me, as I cough because I'm still having it. yeah. There's the whole Cristiano Ronaldo sometimes is called Penaldo because all the goals he's scored and all these numbers they put mm. up, a lot of them have been penalties. And so then the like fun little goofy thing you can throw back in someone's face who's saying, oh, Penaldo, Messi's so much better is then like Messi scores a penalty and you were, you were texting out Pessi and, you know, because he yeah. scored on a penalty too. <laughs> and so then at the end of that game, after they lose, I was like, they're calling him Killian and Bob penalty now, right? And then you t- texted the Arthur clenched fist and I knew I got you I knew I had you to in be that fair, moment he did score three penalties in the match yeah right <laughs> I mean one of them was on penalty like yes, was in, in the, the place where there's penalty shootout but two of them were two of his <laughs> goals that he scored were penalties he scored all three goals right I'm not wrong yeah scored all three okay yeah and so then that, added the fourth in the shootout <laughs> just a, right, by the way guy world cup final yeah, scores four goals. Ridiculous. I mean, three, but then a fourth in the shootout. Ridiculous. He's he's a nut. He's crazy. It, 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 Where were you at mentally? I'll tell you this, man. I'm usually not like when Kobe Bryant was popular. I don't go buy Kobe Bryant's jersey. Yeah. That I'm not usually that guy. I I would I would see no problem if any human, whether you've ever watched any of his games at any of the you know club teams he's played for, any of that. I don't care where he goes next. You could be a Manchester United fan, and if he goes to Manchester City and you bought his jersey, I'd be like, "Well, I get it." Like, I, he's just that good. Mm-hmm. He's just that freaking good, man. Like, the I craziest get it. thing Buying about his him, jersey, even if you're not a fan of the team or you don't watch his, who cares? If you want to buy his jersey, I have no, I have no qualms about that. The craziest thing about him is he consistently does it on the biggest stage when his team needs him the most. Yes. Now we can talk about his club and everything well, that goes on PSG in the Champions League. On the international stage, when you need a big goal, there is no player in the world that I would rather have on my team than Kylian Mbappe. And so we get that. So it's two. You get that in this game, and we're talking about the team that lost. We're talking about the team that didn't win the that didn't get it done in the end. We're talking about a World Cup final, and then Messi scores. Oh, Messi scores in the second part of extra time. Yeah, and that looked like. Crowning achievement. It's all. This is the moment everyone was this looking for. Of this course, is it. Of course, it has to be well, him. And I, just to just to have an old man moment, like I'm old soccer moment for just a brief <laughs> moment. When Angel Di Maria drew the penalty, the first one, I was just I wasn't in tears, but I was like, "It's beautiful." You're damn right, man. This yeah. dude has been one of the best players for Argentina over the last decade. Like in their player pool of guys, he's been mm-hmm. on the world stage with Champions League clubs and all this other stuff. He's a super talented player. Hey, obviously, he's hurt for the last few games this World Cup. That's the story with him. Yeah. He's always hurt in big tournaments. You wonder if Argentina might not have won more of these big competitions if he didn't often get hurt right before or in the first couple games of these giant competitions. That's happened in I think multiple World Cups where he like missed the whole thing or at least one. And I want to say, what is it? Copa America they played in South America. Like, Mm -hmm. I think multiple of those he's missed for Argentina when they were going to be in it. And then he just wasn't there. And and this was when he was back more in his prime, not where he is now. I mean, this is a guy who was coming off the bench for some of these games in this World Cup. But his manager, who played both with Messi and Angel Di Maria, uh, I forget his name. I'm sorry. I'm blanking on the manager for Argentina's name. But the point is, he puts him out there to start in the World Cup final. I love the move. I love it. And of course I love it because it worked, but that when he drew that penalty 
and was able to like. Oh, he was just, just putting defenders in spin cycle. Yes, he was playing vintage game for him. It was just so cool to see him also be a part of as much as it was Messi's moment. It was all these Argentina players. There's, there's so many young guns on that team now. There's so many talented yeah. players, but their coach was there in 06 when they went to the final and didn't get it done as a player. You know, Angel Di Maria had been there for Lionel so many years. Scaloni. Yeah, Lionel Scaloni. That's right. So the, these, it was just cool as someone who kind of came of age watching, you know, early in my soccer fandom was when Lionel Messi broke onto the scene. Mm-hmm. He was like, you know, kind of where Kylian Mbappe was a couple years ago yeah. when I started watching soccer. It was like, this kid, Lionel Messi, they're saying it could be the greatest of all time. And it's like, really? Well, I guess I better check it out then. Cause I foot six. How can he be the best of all time? And then you'd watch him play and you'd say, wow, he's really yeah. good. <laughs> and of course we had, you know, Ronaldo also at that time. So it was always this argument, but it was just something to see. The stage was like the whole pathway was cleared and everyone knew the storyline. It was either going to be France wins two. And that's never happened since the sixties when I think Brazil was the last to do mm-hmm. it. Or it's going to be the crowning achievement for Lionel Messi. If what you didn't want, at least what I didn't want, was a game where Messi was ineffective and non-existent, and yet they still won, that would have been neat. But it would have been like when Peyton Manning, again, sorry, neighbor Eric, when Peyton Manning (laughs) won the second Super Bowl with the Broncos, where it's like, he's on on the team, but he's not really Peyton Manning that won it with the Colts. This is a different Peyton Manning. This is this is vintage Lionel Messi still doing it, still getting it done, still being the guy. His best player eight. in the tournament. I mean, I know that yes, the team I, ultimately won. Yes. But the way, I mean, his assist, just the control that he has with the ball, first of all, is stupefying. Uh, the assist that he had in the World Cup final was ridiculous. And then he goes on and scores two goals, one in the biggest moment in extra time. Mm. Um, just to be in that spot was just crazy. I mean, the goal that... He set up against Croatia as well. I mean, we talked about that in the semifinal where he just puts a defender, one of the best young defenders in the world. Took him from, Vardial, mid, took right? him from midfield to the end line. And I just went left, he went clinic. left, I went right. He went into the stands to get a hot dog. Right. Like It was just, but again, he beats him to the end line and still has the like touch to control it and then spin him. As a, like That dude should be able to run circles around Lionel Messi. Mm-hmm. And yet Messi is just so crafty and tough with the ball and tough to get off the ball and great with it when it comes to just the little intricate movements that you have to do to control a soccer ball at speed. I I just want to watch those type of plays. I wish they had just a slow motion 80K camera, whatever it is, (laughs) just on his feet, just for that to see the little, because I don't think we even fully appreciate what's happening there. Like there's stuff happening at the neutrino level. That's just like something's there's electrons and stuff that are, Firing each other and stopping. Yeah, I, like, and, I don't even know how yeah. it's working, but it's something. <laughs> yeah, so all that, and then it goes to penalties. And I don't know how you feel about that. I know a lot of people say, oh, man, soccer going to penalty kicks. When it's that game and it was 3-3 and it was back and forth, and I'm sorry, like, that's Put what. 30 that's, more minutes on the clock. Well, what I was going to say is if we don't have that system, I'm glad it's not golden goal. Yeah. Like I wanted to see them keep playing forever. Yeah, me too. But since they don't do that, I get, you don't want these guys, you know, having just 200 minutes of playing soccer. That's probably not great. And at some point you're going to get bad play out of that. So then you have the penalty shootout. You have the drama Mm -hmm. and the goalkeeper for Argentina. just Mm -hmm. being a complete ass prick, like a (laughs) hundred percent prick ass. Good job. Emiliano. 
Dude, but you know what? He gets in their heads and he and he makes great yeah. saves. Like he made tremendous saves all throughout was, the tournament. He did. How about we? Oh, we didn't even talk the about save the save at the very end of, of the game. One of the greatest plays I've ever seen in soccer <laughs> in my life. And again, we're mis- we're all hyperbole on this podcast, but you have got a player running at you at full speed, <laughs> and it is the type of chance that anyone would kill for. In a World Cup final, a couple minutes from the end, couple seconds from the end, balls on your foot, and the only guy back is a keeper who is running at you because he's dead to rights if he doesn't cut down the angle. He has to close down that angle. And all you have to do, seemingly, is chip it over his head, tap it under his foot, anything, and it's probably going in. And he makes one of the greatest saves I've ever seen in real speed. I just, I don't know how you stop. I, I I don't know how you make that stop, but he did, and he deserved all the plaudits he got for that. Incredible, just an incredible performance by him. I wonder too, with Kolomuani is the guy who he had the opportunity. Yeah, like what's his sleeping like over the last three that's, weeks? You know, like because that's a good question. Open net, literally end of the game. It was the hundred twenty third minute. You score that game is ba- game is over. And you're going home as a World Cup champion for back-to-back years. But you cannot understate what Emiliano Martinez was for this team. And that was kind of their persona, right? I mean, they were shithousery at its finest, for a lack of a better term. And they embraced that. And it was just a wild ride for them all the way through. And those guys are partying. Like, I've never seen people party before in my entire life. Yeah. It's, 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 I, of course, that's the party you would have. I mean, uh, it was, it was such funny to watch Emiliano Martinez. Did you see when he got the, the hand trophy where he's the, what is that? The, I forget, it's the, the golden glove. Yeah. I don't know if that's what they call it, but <laughs> obviously golden glove is right. Where he just takes it and puts it right down on the old crotch mm. Like just, and in front of like a dude from Cutter who clearly was not thrilled with that decision. And usually I would say that's kind of classless. You got a billion people watching you who on cares? TV. But in that moment, I was like, you know what? I think everyone who is bad at this tournament, meaning like the people who run it and the people from FIFA, I think they all hated that. So I loved it. Yeah. <laughs> so I loved it. So good. For, and you know what? Never change. Be you. If that's who you are. Be you, Matt Nagy. Look, and you know what? He's a prick. Like he's a hundred percent a prick. He was disrespectful to Kylian Mbappe. Mm-hmm. He, all this stuff. Like these guys are the ones that when they uh was that when they beat it was when they beat Croatia, right? Because that did that no. What was the one that went to penalties that they won? Oh, the Netherlands. Netherlands. Yeah, the Netherlands, where they like as soon as it goes in, they're all like yeah. and like making faces <laughs> at them like they're all five year olds. I get it. They're not likable. This team was not likable. If they didn't have Messi, who oh, was like God, one of the nicest, be, yes. most liked athletes most respected people yes. most revered person yes po- probably on the entire continent of south america maybe the world yes if they didn't have him yeah they'd be the most hated team of all time do you remember the movie the expendables with all those like yeah i never Hollywood? saw it but, and I no, know no, but you is. know what i mean it's like yeah. arnold schwarzenegger and and Sylvester Stallone and just yeah. all these like bruce Washington. willis right 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 it's all those guys. guys but their whole thing is like they're all just like ex you know mercenaries and they're all they're not likable but they had to throw them together to do this thing right Mm -hmm. i feel like a little bit of the sentiment towards argentina would be like if 
Mother Teresa were alive and they were trying to like do something really nice for Mother Teresa, but the only people who could get the job done were these assholes. Like that's kind of how I felt Rudy was like, we all love Leonel Messi. We want him to be successful. Look at these jerks jerks that are going to help him do it, but whatever they're getting it done. That's kind of where I was with that. So anyway, yeah, I mean, it was, it was a, I thought a fitting end to that tournament. The game itself was great. The celebrations afterward were hilarious mm-hmm. to me. I didn't like, I will say this again. I don't, whatever. I don't know if this is culturally insensitive or not, but it's like, I don't know that you have to like put on the, 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 whatever garb that they put on Messi after like the, I'm sure that was meaningful in some way, but it just, it just felt like this man, like let's just salt Bay gave it to him. <laughs> God. <laughs> Working his way into every... Did you see him getting snubbed by every oh, player in Argentina? Messi's like, who are you? Yeah, are he's you like, here? I want a selfie. And then Messi's like, cool, bye. Like, <laughs> yeah, I don't care. Face, man. Yeah, and it's almost like Salt Bay guy was like, don't you know who I am? And I, I would be hilarious if Messi was like, I do not know. And I do not care. <laughs> but whatever. It was it was a wonderful tournament. The, the play on the field, I thought, was wonderful. Was I great. can't speak to all the other stuff. But it was wonderful watching it. So, yeah. Um, fitting, fitting end, fitting, fitting game. One of the best World Cup finals I've ever seen. The one best, of the best, the best, the best soccer, the best games, soccer I've games, games I've seen. The best World Cup final. Those circumstances to deliver that kind of a product. I mean, it was just, it was nutty town. I told you it was the best sporting event yeah. I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. And I didn't have a rooting interest other than France who I, I have no allegiance to France. No, you just, you kind of picked them yeah. and hope that they would win. So yeah, it was, that was a and really fun They're not fun a bunch tournament. of jerks. No, which is why I wanted them to win. I mean, they did have like a massive scandal where one of their stars a few years hey, ago they was weren't, he blackmailing wasn't playing. their own teammates. He wasn't playing. But hey, you up. know, whatever. <laughs> Grow up. <laughs> Get over it. <laughs> yeah. In fact, that's how you know when you're a real soccer country. Do you have a scandal involving people on your team blackmailing each other? Hmm. More on that possibly coming up. Take a break when we come back. A uh, legend of you of world soccer passes away. We'll pay our respects next. It is Bone and Beam United. Thanks again for listening to us this year. If you haven't, uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Bonebeam United. You can also like and rate the podcast on whatever podcast app you listen on. If yours does that, if it does, please do so. It helps other people find the show, and we'd appreciate that. Make that your New Year's resolution. What's yours? Uh, I have, well, I did a bunch of goals instead of resolutions, like things to check off. So I'll say my biggest goal that I have for this year, and this is going to sound really like look at me, but I'm not trying to do that. I am I am going to try to complete a half marathon by the end of the year. So tentatively have the Columbus half marathon in October. Good for you, man. Not the Columbus half marathon. It's the uh, nationwide children's half marathon. Anyway, that thing I'm going to try to do in October. We'll see. I mean, again, I may have to crawl across the finish line, but I just want to finish it. I'm not saying I'm going to run all those miles, but I'm going to try to run, walk it, whatever. You have any new year's resolutions Uh, to not be the world's worst father. That's a good one. (laughs) Yes. Well, you know what you you know what you should do. You should like you should make the resolution. You know, just try to sleep less hours than you did last year. Because you're guaranteed guaranteed to do that. And then at the end of the year, you're like, did I sleep less than I wanted to? Yes, absolutely, I did. Now that's not really a goal most people would have, but it's one you know you're going to hit. My goal also for this year is for every mile that you clock off on the half marathon Mm. is for me to drink a beer. 
for every mile you know that what? you clock off. That's great. Come on out. Like, come go beyond the course and like hand me a beer. I've actually as I'm just going. I've actually just GPS tracked you like you do a dog. So I know. Good. Oh, good. So I'll just be sitting. I'll be sitting at a bar for every mile that you clock off. I'm gonna have a beer. There you go. You can follow me on the Strava thing. Go get the Strava app and follow me, and then you'll just see. Don't do any exercise. Just see how many miles I'm doing <laughs> in a week, and then drink that many beers. Yeah. There you go. That's my Perfect. goal. I like it. World's not worse father. Not worse. Every yeah, it's just, and number two worst, worst is num- fine. Worst. Um, and ev- a beer for every mile that you do. Yeah. All right. I like those. Those are easily attainable. Well, let us know yours. If you've got a New Year's resolution, I'm curious what people have. You can uh, tweet us at Bone Beam United. And putting my karmic energy into Liverpool and Manchester City. Mm. I am going to stop betting on soccer games for the next few days. (laughs) Four days into it. I know, but like Arsenal, Newcastle, if you thought, boy, that was a dog (laughs) crap game. Why did that end up being bad? Well, the answer is because I bet on both Arsenal and Newcastle to score a goal. Neither of them did. Uh, I bet on a goal scorer for each team. Of course, that didn't happen because no one scored. It was 0-0. And I bet on Arsenal to win. So sorry to all the Gunners fans out there. I, I thought as much as Newcastle's been really good this year, Arsenal's been really good. Yeah, they're I thought it was going to be a fun game. I thought it'd be a game with like, you know, a two to one, three to two, something like that. Nope. It was just a 0-0 slugfest. Good game, out I, of, good game plan out of Newcastle. Yeah. The ball was in play for 47 minutes. Right. That's fine. Do what you got to do, man. Just, hey, you're trying to get through it. You're trying to win that game or not lose it i guess i did one a nice little parlay yesterday what'd you get i had draw for newcastle and arsenal oh good and then i had other three winners uh so it was a nice little parlay all right listen to beam for any gambling advice don't do that listen to me for just being stupid fade me that's what you want to do all right fade me make some money there you go um so pele legendary soccer figure and person that when people have said who's the greatest of all time the answer for so many years has been pele Mm -hmm. and rightfully so in my opinion uh, he passes away, I believe, at the age of 81. Brazilian soccer legend, uh, one of the greats of all time. And so I saw this, and I just found this interesting. They had the funeral procession the other day, and the funeral procession passed by his family home uh, in Sao Paulo, I believe. Yep. And the report from ESPN FC that I saw, the little tweet, had a picture, and it said, Pele's 100-year-old mother wow. is waving to onlookers from the window wow. of the family home. I did not know his mom was still alive. No, I didn't either. Like, it's amazing to think, because I've I've just, Pele's been a, such a legend for such a long period of time. I feel like we're almost, we were watching, like, whenever you'd see him on TV, be like, this is a part of history. This mm-hmm. guy is like, you know, you don't know how long he's going to be with you and all that stuff. But 81, I feel like I, he made it to a pretty good age. Yeah. Had no idea mom was still going. So, can't imagine what that was like for her. Obviously, the outpouring of support seeing must have been touching, but obviously I can't be, imagine being a parent and outliving your kids. I don't know how that would feel. But in either case, didn't even know she was still alive. So uh, best wishes to her in 2023 as well. But uh, that was a really touching thing to see, just all the support for him and the world community. I saw Yanni Infantino Jesus. had, well, he had mentioned that he would like to see possibly something happen where in every country – they rename a soccer stadium after him. I, I could see that being a nice gesture. That's, that's kind of cool. Yep. Um, but he also had a moment that was pretty embarrassing. Well, it would be embarrassing for most humans. I don't know if it's embarrassing for him. Yeah. I don't know if he's human. So they had the funeral. Uh, I believe soccer podcast days Wednesday this week. And I believe the funeral was Tuesday or Monday. Yeah. Um, and he took a bone, a funeral, funeral. Uh, casket. Pele yeah. is there. 
and he is sitting there with Pele's former teammates taking a selfie, like literally five feet away from that. And he had to come right. out, and here was he said, uh, I'm dismayed after being informed that I'm apparently being criticized by some people having taken a selfie in pictures at a ceremony yesterday. I'd like to clarify that I was both honored and humbled that teammates and family members of the great Pele asked me if I could take a few photos with them, and obviously I immediately agreed. It's just... I know he's, it almost feels like, Hey man, I'm just so popular. I can't help if people want to take photos with me at a funeral, but maybe being the leader of world soccer, I don't know. Maybe you just have the gravitas to say, sure, let's all, let's all get, we will make sure that we get pictures with all of you. I'd love to do that after the ceremony's over. If that's okay. I just don't feel comfortable. You're the leader of world soccer FIFA. You run the biggest organization of soccer in the history of the world. You should be able to say to anyone yeah, just right now, it doesn't feel right. Yep. But let's do that just, I mean, literally, the second we're done here, we have a million photographers. We're FIFA. I have people, I have three or four media people, I'm sure, with him oh, at all no times. Doubt. They can all take photos of us. Let's just do that when it's the right moment. You know, that would be the way to, I think, handle that if you don't want to seem like an ass. Yeah. And if you're definitely not in it for yourself, which I know he is. So. No, it's just a poor look. Um, but to Pele, you know, I... It's it's a guy who transcended the game, you know. Um, you think about, and I had watched a ton, ton of Pele uh, videos over the last week when it was announced, you know, a week or so that it was announced that his health was going down uh, and everything bone. And, I mean, I wasn't alive, nor were you, when Pele was playing in Brazil and then he comes over here and he plays for the Cosmos, right? And so, right. like, at least to me, he was this – was an icon, but he was almost a myth. Like, he wasn't even real because it happened so long ago. And to think about where he was at and what he did when he started playing, and there was a great video. I don't know who put this together, uh, but your favorite player's, like, trademark move. Yeah. And it was, like, the Cruyff turn and the Ronaldo scissors and, like, any anybody that kind of has a trademark move um, now and how Pele, like, invented that. You know, like, there's a there's video of him – um, doing the scissors and doing the Cruyff turn or whatever like trademark move is out there now uh, of him back in the day doing that. And so to think how a guy, you know, and I wanted to use the term reinvented the game, but that's not doing it justice. He invented the game in which we know it and which it is displayed and played at such a high level today. And to go from being a player and then becoming one of the best in the world, the best in the world, in his time, yeah. to then becoming an icon to guys behind him, right? And the guys who started, who played at a high level in the 80s and the 90s, and then you get into the late 90s, early 2000s. Here we are in the 2010s and the 2020s. He went from player to greatest of all time to role model, icon, and then to me, like, I viewed him not as a human, like, as a myth, as a mythological, right. as a mythological figure in the game, and for what he was, man, he's—I mean, he's got a spot in the pantheon, obviously. Well, he, yeah, he was—he was a global ambassador of this game for, I mean, for pretty much like his whole my, life. Yeah, I mean, like people who are my parents' age, he was on the global scene, won the first World Cup that he won of three, by the way, the yeah. only one to ever have done that. I mean, my dad is about to retire from his job next year. Uh, he was born in 1958. Pele won that first World Cup in 1958. Mm -hmm. like, And then he won it again in 62, and then won again in 1970. Only player to ever win three World Cups wow. 
Uh, also, just a couple. Again, I don't even know. Like for many, many years of my life, I did not even think about like what is his actual name, what is his full name, because Pele, he was yeah. just a singular. Like you said, it, like almost mythological where yeah. it's like... Like a deity almost. Yeah, like Beowulf or something. You're just yeah. like, it's just a different... It's like, this is a mythological creature. It's not an actual human. His full name, Edson Arantes de Donacimento, he was such a prolific scorer, played for Santos pretty much his entire career mm-hmm. from 1956 to 1974. And then that's when he came over and played for the Cosmos for the last few years to cash a bunch of great checks, I'm quite sure, and good for him for doing it. Here's the numbers of goals that this man had. Um, joint top goal score for Brazil was 77 goals in 92 games. Jeez. Club level, Santos' all-time top goal scorer, he was, I believe, I don't know if he still is, with 643 goals in 659 <laughs> games. This, I mean, and, and this is not, I know we can look at, you know, different players in current era and say, well, this guy scored more goals than him, or the, but... This is without there being super teams and without there being, you know, ridiculous amounts of player movement. This is a guy who played his entire career pretty much at one location and just dominated from the age of 15 on. He was ridiculous. So, and then, and then didn't just like become this person that no one wanted to hear from at the end of his career. It was still a guy who had relevant things to say about soccer all throughout his life. So yes, uh, rightfully so the honorings coming in for him are, are well-deserved and, I will tell you, I will say this, a goal for me this year too, to become a lot more knowledgeable about the history of soccer. Mm-hmm. Cause like I know Pele, I know Cruyff, yeah. I know some of these names and I, and I know a little bit about maybe where they played or some of the things surrounding a, a, a game they won or a championship they won. But yeah, I've got it on the list. There's um, uh, my buddy Clint white, who is a listener of this show and we appreciate him listening. We went to high school together and uh, we've been hanging out a little bit, watching some soccer games. We just went to, Watch the Rangers Celtic game. Old, old, old firm. Old firm. Yeah, we watched it with a bunch of Celtic fans. Rangers came back. I didn't. Yeah, was, did they end up winning? Pulling it off? No, they tied. Okay, was, so, so Celtic was, knocked back. Okay, so Celtic got up one. Yeah. Rangers scored two. This was at Rangers, by the way. Celtic, they've been just playing awesome this year. They brought in a bunch of dudes. They're like half the J- Japanese national team plays for Celtic now. Great. They're like they're great, but they Rangers got up. You know, after they've had all their issues, they came back. Uh, but they got two goals, got up two to one in that game at home, and then Celtic came back, got a goal, got it to two two, and that's how it ended. But um, that was a lot of fun out of Fado. The Buckeye boys they watch soccer games all the time. Shout out to John Lavelle, another guy who I know goes over there, and tons of other guys out there that uh, got to meet for the first time. So that was fun. But my buddy Clint, he he's recommended me a soccer book called "The Ball Is Round" by uh, David Goldblatt. If okay. you've not heard of that book, it's one of the more legendary soccer books. It's a thousand page book on the history of the game. And so that's on my list this year to also tackle like a humongously long book, but <laughs> that, but David Goldblatt, great writer. If you ever want to look into some soccer, writing. I've read some of his other books, but I haven't read that one yet. So, but that's just it. Like Pele brings that history to yeah. you and, and becoming more knowledgeable at that, about that. That's a goal I have for 2023 as well. Um, I think we'll leave the Greg Berhalter stuff for now. The U S soccer team. I know I teased that to start off. We'll leave that for next week. I think there's going to be probably more. I don't, I don't have any inside knowledge. No. I just wonder if there's going to be more happening with that. Um, the short, quick story on that, Burhalter had an allegation of domestic abuse from 30 years ago. I don't even call it domestic abuse. Uh, whatever you would call this, he kicked his then-girlfriend, now wife, but this is when they were both in college. They were 19 years old. They broke it off for a few months. 
They got back together, her choice to come back to him. He said he worked on himself, and this has been something they've known about and lived with for 30-plus years afterwards. Their kids know about it. Everyone in their family knows about it. And they all were okay with the two of them getting back together. He's changed all that. That's the short story. That's come out now about, you know, since the World Cup. Would assume we'd find out more as we get further away from that initial story. Right. So what the only the only reason I'm just adding this at the end is to say, since we teased it, um, there is the you have the MLS camp that they do at the start of every January. That's coming up next week. Currently, U.S. soccer does not have an under-contract head coach. Berhalter's out of contract, but they haven't announced a renewal, but they haven't announced they're moving on. They've only announced there's an investigation into this thing. So I don't know what's going to happen Purgatory, kind of. But I feel like by next week, we may have some more resolution. So You'd almost have to. You would think. But, um, yeah, the the point is that's the facts of the case. We can talk about it next week a little bit more on the show, and uh, we'll talk about what you want to talk about as well. Of course, I got uh, my boys Leeds United playing tonight, or today rather. So I'm going to go check. Who we got today? Them. Leeds United. Yep. Doesn't matter. <laughs> I looked it up earlier. I forget who they're playing. So sue me. Doesn't matter. Who, who cares? No, no, no. Three We're points. Gonna, no. West Ham got the hammers. West Ham. Yeah, they're going to play the hammers. Two forty-five. Let's go. Anyway, we'll talk about some actual Premier League stuff next week too, because there's plenty to unpack from that. But thank you for listening. Uh, all of last year, all the last five years now going on, uh, hoping for a great 2023. For our producer, Bodie, for Brandon Beam, I'm Jonathan Smith. See you at the bar.